We're going to tell you the five most important players on this roster. Let's go. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Happy Monday from Columbus, Ohio. I came up here for the sole purpose of seeing why is Brock Lynn interested in the Buckeyes and I'm leaving without an answer. Now all joking aside, joining us today as always, Lindsey Crosby, writer at auburndaily.com, host of Locked On Major League Baseball uh, podcast. Uh, what's the name of your show? Prospect. Well, I got to be prospects. Prospects podcast. Got tongue shows, and I'm all out of sorts. I'm in a different spot today, and I'm thrown off, Lindsay. I am a creature of habit. We're going to take you through the five most important players on this roster going into 2022. And Lindsay, I'm a little proud of us. Our lists, aside from the top spot, are completely different. Similar themes but completely different. So let's start with, with the obvious. The most important Auburn Tiger on this roster going into 2022 is, is Zach Calzada. Is Zach yep. Calzada is the guy who is the favorite to win the quarterback position going into this season. And I think that's clear. I think it's obvious because this team is only going as far as the quarterback takes them. And I think Zach Calzada, based on all reports, and whoever you talk to around the program, unless it's the other two quarterbacks, they're all pointing to Zach Calzada. Yeah, it's something where we've talked about going to a more ground-based game, being more physical and all that, that line of scrimmage. And you can say all the good things you want, but tell me the last time a team won a college football playoff game being a run-heavy team without a dynamic quarterback. Sure. And so... Everything we've seen from Calzada, because we didn't see him in spring, but everything we've seen from him in offseason workouts and training, we've heard from other players, right. has been that he's building great chemistry in the room, in the building. He's putting in the work. We will only go as far as his arm takes us. And I really don't see anybody else you could possibly debate. I mean, you look at Tank Bigsby, people are probably thinking right now, like, why not Tank Bigsby? Well, you've got a bunch of other really good backs behind him. And at a certain point, Running backs are kind of fungible. You can swap them in and out. Quarterbacks are not. He's the only player besides the center who mm. touches the ball every single play. And obviously, you have to have a really, really good one to do well in the SEC. Yeah, this list is not the five best players on the roster. It's the most important players. And a lot of that has to do with who the guys are behind them. And... I know there's a lot of excitement about Robbie Ashford, and I'm there with you. I think the upside is absolutely there. I don't know if he's ready to start in the SEC this year. I, I just don't know. I think he has the ability to, but is he going to be able to put it all together You know, in those few practices that you get early in fall camp before they presumably name a starter? But outside of that, it's like the offensive line is extremely thin. 
Um, wide receiver, there's a ton of question marks. Running back uh, is actually pretty solid. But these other positions where it's like, okay, there's question marks behind some of these starters. So um, we both agree Zach Calzada is the most important player on this roster. The second most important player on this roster, Lindsay, in my mind, is Owen Papo, which is a little, a, it may be a little confusing because we saw what this defense did without him a ton last season. And I think when you look at what Owen Papo brings to the table this year is really the only guy on this roster that could come remotely close to filling the holes of what Zacoby McClain and Chandler Wooten did last season. And so obviously he's going to be crucial there. It seems like he's going to be the heart of this defense as the linebacker probably should be nine times out of 10 when you look at successful defenses. Mm -hmm. So Owen Papo, I, I think um, I think this is the guy, and similar to what we were just talking about, Lindsay, behind him, I think there's a ton of question marks. Some folks may feel okay about Cam Riley. Some folks may feel okay about Wesley Steiner. Some folks may feel okay about uh, North Carolina transfer Eugene Asante coming in. And I think all three of those guys – are going to be solid linebackers this season if they're given the opportunity. But we all make that assumption and make those claims about those guys, assuming they'll be next to Owen Papo. When it's just those two guys with no Owen Papo on the field, I get a little concerned. So I think Owen Papo is the, is the second most important player on this roster. Yeah, that's, I love those points. Really good points. Um, for my second most important guy, and I'm 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 gonna skip the obvious. We all know the most obviously important player on this roster is Jacob Quadaball, long snapper. We know that. Understood. I'm just gonna move on past that. Okay. Uh, we know that Jacob Quadaball is very important. He's getting the trophy this year, best long snapper in the country. Anyway. So 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 your your list is the most five important players going into the season with an asterisk, and the asterisk yes. is excluding Jacob Quadaball. Because obviously snapper. he's the most important player, probably in college football this year. Uh, got it. Yeah. Now, my number two is actually, and it's funny, It's you touched on the reason uh, when you were talking about Calzada, but Nick Brahms. And the reason that I have Nick Brahms as the second most important person on this team this year, and I hear people yelling at me right now, is yeah. we saw in the bowl game what it looks like when you don't have Nick Brahms. That's it. The offensive depth at the line is so shallow, and you have such a lack of guys with experience that having a healthy Nick Brahms entire season, I think is going to be more important than we're expecting it to be right now. And I'm not saying he's the best offensive lineman in the SEC or he's a top 10 center in all of college football or anything he's, like he's that. He's not the best on this team. He's not, yeah. but he's one of the most experienced and he's the guy that makes everything work. And yeah. you saw in the bowl game, even with 20 something days of preparation, when you don't have him, and you have somebody inexperienced trying to step in and not only make the snaps, but handle the protection calls, checking at the line, changing things, it doesn't work the same. And so for this, for Calzada to have time to do what we think he's going to do, which is ball out, Nick Brahms has to keep him upright. I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's a fantastic point. And really, the, 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 the bowl game against Houston is really what drives that home to me. Jaleel Irvin loved the guy, but there was a drop-off there. There's no question about it. I want to tell you who I almost put at number one. Then I'm, after thinking about him, I slid them to number three on my list. I'll tell you who that is 
in just a moment. But I want to tell you about our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. Look, you can create a free job in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs, and you can reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. You hear it everywhere. It's hard to find good people. LinkedIn Jobs can help you find great people for your business, and they can do it quickly. They have simple tools like screening questions. You can make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then eventually hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? You can post your job for free at LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college that is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply Lindsey crosby my third most important player on the sovereign football roster going into the season is keandre jones and a lot of the points are similar to what you just said about nick Brahms. for a moment when i was making this list, this list i actually wrote him down first because Similar to Nick Brahms, if Keandre Jones gets hurt, I legitimately don't know what this offensive line looks like. I have no idea. I think all of the upside that we're kind of able to talk ourselves into about this offensive line, it goes away. Because a lot of us, myself included, think Keandre Jones is an NFL-level offensive guard, and I'm looking forward to seeing him at the next level. But, of course, he's got to take care of business this season and do what he's capable of. And if he goes down or if, you know, for whatever reason doesn't play this season, it would be a big, big concern. I don't know exactly where you go after him with that. And so obviously I thought about Brahms as well, and I'm glad that he was uh, so high on your list because he definitely deserves it. I just kind of lumped them together, and I think Keandre Jones is better than Nick Brahms, so I put Keandre Jones. But I, I totally agree with who you had at number two with Brahms. Yeah, I think our reasoning is the exact same. It was just yeah. a matter of priority. And you wanted to talk about the linebackers. I have them later in my top five. So there you go. Preview for later. Nice. Uh, my my number three, I cheated a little bit here. So okay. I combined two players into one spot. That but, is cheating, but I'll allow yes. it. Yes. Okay. Derek Hall and Eku Leota. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do similar things. They play the same position. But between them, they represent a significant portion of Auburn's returning pass rush production from last year. Mm -hmm. and we've talked on this show a couple times now on these Mondays that I do about how little depth we have at edge. It's these two guys, it's Dylan Brooks, and then we're talking about they're giving Joko Willis snaps at edge, and we brought in a transfer who is not expected to play, but they brought him in to have a warm body if something happens. And so I think it's really important for not only having both of these guys uh, in the lineup, but having them playing well and healthy. And if you lose one or, worst case scenario, lose them both, oh my I gosh. think you drastically lower the ceiling on what this defense can do when you can't impact the quarterback. You can't yeah. um, put pressure on him, force him to hurry up and make bad decisions. And so to me, just thinking it, when I was thinking about the Brahms thing and about the depth, I'm like, well, talk about depth. Edge depth is where I think that's we both of these guys have to be on the field and playing effectively this season for this defense to have a chance. Yeah, yeah. I didn't put edge on here. I did think about it, but I talked myself out of putting either of the edge players down because 
there's things you can do defensively with personnel similar to like tight ends. If you're weak at tight end, don't put multiple tight ends on the field. If you're weak at edge or if somebody goes down and you don't feel comfortable with your second or third pass rusher, you can you can do a several defensive sets where there's just one on there, uh, one on the field. And so yeah. like, you know. Uh, you can manufacture pressure or you can, you yeah, can hide right. the position if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's, you know, you, you do things to, to free up Colby Wooden. I don't know if you just kind of put more of a role on Marcus Bragg, the incoming transfer from Western Kentucky. Do you try to do some Morris Joseph, the transfer from Memphis, scoot him out a little bit? Because I think he did a little bit of that at Memphis as well. I feel like there's other things you could do with that because I, I like Auburn's defensive ends. And when there's both edge guys on the field, there's a lesser chance that you're putting a defensive end actually outside the offensive tackle. So mm-hmm. um, that's why I didn't put them on there because you could, I think, manufacture it with different things. Like you said, Zacchaeus Walker, um, Colby wouldn't at tie, uh, a defensive end. There, there's several dudes there that I think they like. So that's why I didn't do it. But man, if they both went down, this defense, they're, I mean, in this passing league, the SEC has become a passing league so much, especially later in the season when you have to take on Alabama. We don't really know what Texas A&M is going to do, but I think they're going to spread it out more than they did last season. Like, those are games you got to win. Arkansas, we'll put Arkansas up there as well. And like, you got to win those games. So, God forbid something to happen to both of those pass rushers. So, uh, I think that is, I think that is a, a good thing that you put those guys there. Absolutely. Um, my fourth one, people are going to roll their eyes at this, but it's my guy, Coy Moore, the transfer wide receiver from LSU. And Lindsay, the reasoning is it's the same storyline from a year ago. If we did this show, if we got in the time machine and did this show 365 days ago, Demetrius Robertson would probably be on this list because it's like, man, Auburn's got a lot of pieces at pass catcher. And this is before we realized how good of a season Kobe Hudson, who is a natural wide receiver. This so is before, natural. This is before we realized how good of a season he was going to have. Um, we needed Demetrius Robertson to step up. And he had an okay season. I think a lot of Auburn fans wanted a little bit more of him. I'm sure Demetrius wanted more of himself too. But, you know, it just didn't happen. Um, Shedrick Jackson and John Samuel Shanker and, I mean, Landon King, I think, has the upside to do more than what he's probably going to do. But, you know, the... This is a lot of pieces, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of really good number two or number three options in a passing game. They need that number one. And I think this Coy Moore move was a swing for the fences. I think he has a ton of potential to really, really help this offense. So I've got Coy Moore as my fourth most important player on this roster going into 2022 just because somebody has to step up and we've seen more of these other guys, no pun intended. Let's give Coy Moore a shot. That's funny because my number four guy is also a pass catcher, but uh, my number four guy is Landon King. I love it, and it's I, it's I absolutely it's, love it. I mean, it's it's the same idea. It's it's exactly what you said. We need somebody to go out there and make an impact in the position and step up and do that number one job. Do I necessarily think that Landon King right now is the number one? You know, can be the number one. No, but do I think that Landon King has enough time in this offense, physical skills? where he can be 85% of that to open the season and and kind of give Auburn that passing threat until somebody who's new to the team, like a Coy Moore, like somebody else, can get settled. And then if someone gets hurt, if that person who breaks out ends up being unavailable, I think Landon King can be very valuable. Uh, we saw the reports. He started practicing halfway through the year, started spending some time with the wide receivers. They made that yes. move official this spring. 
And I think it's for the best. One, the tight end room is full. It is very full. It is. We have more tight ends right now than I think Gus's entire tenure had. <laughs> uh, but also, it's something where they moved him because they genuinely think that he can contribute a lot more than he can. They recognize right. his skills, his size, his blend of speed and size. And so I think to open the season, he's going to be one of your more important offensive threats as it comes to catching the ball. Uh, I love it. I love it. And, and once again, it goes back to the pieces are there. They just need something else in the offense that will allow Shedrick Jackson and John Samuel Shanker and whoever wins that other job. Maybe it's Malcolm Johnson Jr. I don't know. Jay Fair, whoever it is on the field. You just need a little bit more pop to allow these other guys to eat. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really what it's going to come down to. And so whether it's uh, whether it's Coy Moore taking that next step or Landon King just doing enough, I think that's huge. I think it's, uh, I think both of those um, are in the same line of thinking there. All right, Lindsay, let's get to our number five in just a moment. Mine is uh, a fan favorite, and, and I don't think I'll get much of an argument. Uh, and Lindsay's is a defensive favorite this offseason that I don't think will get much argument either. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. If you believe in these Auburn Tigers and you listen to Locked on Auburn every day and you are fired up about their chances to win the SEC, you can head over to BetOnline. 80 to 1 odds right now. If you believe in these Auburn Tigers to win the conference, go get your money, people. All you got to do is head over to BetOnline. You can do it from your smartphone. Their mobile app um, is incredible. Their, uh, their app on desktop or uh, laptop is fantastic as well. Just check it all out. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Lindsay, my fifth most important Auburn Tiger going into the season is running back Jarquez Hunter. Obviously, Tank Bigsby, we know how good he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Can Jarquez Hunter be the, the, the number two punch in this ground game? Because as much as Auburn fans, myself included, want Tank Bigsby to touch the rock 20 times a game, it's probably not going to happen, and especially in some games where it's not needed. And so you need Jarquez Hunter to be able to spell him. And also, I think whatever Jarquez Hunter's role is in this offense will be crucial for what they want to do moving forward. I think they're going to pass it to the running backs more this season. With That's been a big talking point with Tank Bigsby. I think it'll be a big talking point with Jarquez Hunter as well. Can Jarquez Hunter take that next step and be a really solid third down back? Can he win those reps there as far as, you know, a blitz pickup type back or a swing out of the backfield type back, you know, a check down option for Zach Calzada? I think he can. And also, I think he offers more of a home run threat than Tank Bigsby does. So just can can he continue his trajectory of what we think he can be? And we all think he could be a really good SEC back. So, Jarquez Hunter, uh, I've got him on the uh, as number five. Man, I went in a completely different direction. Okay, I was th- I was thinking about so running back. You've got lots of guys in the room. Defensive back. I thought about defensive back. Who's most important? We have so many that you think are high quality. You don't necessarily count on any one specific one to stand out and be the guy. Sure, I ended up going linebacker. So I went with Cam oh. Riley. And this is something to me where you mentioned earlier about Owen Papo being very important because, yeah. because obviously you've lost uh, those two linebackers from last year. To me, Cam Riley is very important this season because you've lost Chandler Wooten. Be, you know, you've lost these linebackers from last year 
and you just saw Owen Papo get injured and then not be able to get back on the field for, what, six months? He didn't do a lot in spring. I mean, and so Cam Riley is going to be on the field either way. Either Owen Papo is healthy and next to him, and Cam Riley has a little more of a defined, uh, narrower role, or Owen Papo is not on the field, and Cam Riley has to be the guy in the center of the defense. He's the he's the the longest tenured linebacker with some, one of the most like one of the largest bits of starting experience. So Cam Riley, either way, is going to be on the field. So it's very important that he either is able to pick up the slack if Owen Papo's not, or he be able to fill the role of that second impact linebacker behind Owen Papo. No, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Did a full show with Mike G last week about how I believe we're going to see two linebackers and pretty much only two linebackers. I think that number two guy next to Owen will be Cam Riley. And assuming those guys stay healthy, I think they're going to take up the vast, vast majority of the snaps. That's based on what we saw last year. So I'm there with you, man. I I totally like that decision uh, for you to put him there at five. And, And I love your point. Two things can happen with Owen Papo. He's either going to play and be really good or continue to have issues with his health and not be on the field. And theres I don't think there's much of an in-between there. So uh, I, th- I thought that, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Lindsay, who are some guys that you thought about putting on this list? I, I mentioned a few of your guys. I almost put John Samuel Shanker on here just for similar reasons that we talked about with Landon King and Coy Moore. I don't think John Samuel is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't think uh, I'm predicting that he's going to lead Auburn in receiving by any stretch, but obviously he just offers so much, so much production and so much willingness to do anything that you ask of him. He almost made my list. Who are some guys he almost put on yours? I was thinking about defensive backs. I was looking at, you have obviously a trio of cornerbacks there. You have a DJ James, you have a Mm -hmm. Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen Simpson. And for me, it's, you haven't like, obviously you have to have three starting quality defensive backs uh, to play at cornerback in the SEC, in the modern SEC. Nickel's your base now. Uh, But if you had two of them, you can work around that third spot. You can move Donovan Kaufman uh, down to nickel. You can, there's some things you can do if you did not have one of those three guys. And so it's hard for me to pick one of those. I looked at that. I looked at the interior of the defensive line. There's I mean, there's so many guys we've talked about. I mean, whether it's uh, Zykevious Walker, mm-hmm. Jason Jones, Jeffrey Imba, Marcus Harris. like just, There's tons of guys. All but good. I think part of it is there's tons of guys, and they're all good. And I feel like any one of if you take any one of them out, Auburn still finds a way to get it done at, 95% effectiveness. You have enough depth at defensive end and defensive tackle. You have enough depth in the, in the backfield, the defensive backfield, the offensive backfield, same thing at running back. You have enough depth there. Uh, really, it's when you think about depth issues, you think offensive line, um, you think, you know, pass rusher, like the edge. Those are my two areas where I really like, yeah. just, I'm concerned that there's not enough depth if the worst case scenario comes true. Yeah. Uh, if we were going to 10, I think Killian Zaire would have been on there. Yeah. Won the left tackle job. Can he continue this kind of hot streak that he appears to be on in the eyes of Brian Harson and this coaching staff? Marcus Hall, probably for me, would have been on there. I like that. I like that a lot. Colby Wooden probably would have been there as well, just yeah. as far as total impact. I mean, if this defense is going to be what it's capable of being, and I'm talking about a top three defense in the conference. I think this defense has all the upside in the world. 
because of the two edge rushers that you mentioned, Derek Holland, Leota, and what Colby Wooden brings as an interior pass rusher. Pro Football Focus has him as one of the best guys in generating pressure from the inside, the interior defensive line, and I expect that to continue going into the season. And when you do that, Lindsay, everybody knows this, right? You can't double-team these guys on the edge, or it's really, really hard, or you got to keep a tight end there, and there's less for the defensive backs to have to worry about in coverage. You just talk about impacting a passing game. Um, th- there's just a lot up front that you could really, really like. If your four can beat their five, it really tilts the math in your favor. Yeah. Because now, like you said, they have to keep a six player in. Maybe they have to delay a back getting out because he has to chip somebody first. It really kind of opens up um, the ability for your defensive backs to just kind of play looser because they have less responsibilities. They have more of ability to watch what's going on. That's where the big plays happen. So a lot of that comes from the line being effective. And I think Auburn's well set up, provided the health is there at edge well set up to have a very, very productive defensive line in 2022. Lindsey Crosby, thank you so much for your time. As always, my friend, how can folks check out everything that you have going on? This is the busiest week you will catch me on for Locked on MLB Prospects. The MLB draft is next Sunday night. Uh, so we're going to be going live during the during day one of the draft. You can uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked on MLB Prospects. Find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. We have scouting reports coming up for all the Auburn baseball players who are draft eligible at auburndaily.com. And then the merch to celebrate our players when they get drafted, aushirts.com. Yep, yep. Three of them, three of the scouting reports are already up on auburndaily.com. Depending on when you're listening to this on Monday, the fourth one should be up. And then five and six will pop up sometime throughout this week. So be on the lookout of that. All of both my written work and Lindsay's written work, auburndaily.com. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube and you've made it to this point in the show, go ahead and click that subscribe button if you hadn't already. We hit 5,000 this past Friday. Thank you guys so much for helping us get to that point. Very, very humbling and very, very cool. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.